Welcome to the global phenomenon, Surviving the Survivor, where we bring you the best guests in all of true crime. What's up, STS Nation, and welcome to another episode of Surviving the Survivor, the podcast that promises to bring you the very best guests in true crime. And uh, I always love when we do a show like this. Today, we are speaking to some former inmates who bring amazing insight into the world of true crime. Uh, typically, when uh, our best guest, who I'm about to mention, Larry Levine, is on, it is the Larry Levine Show. And look, right on cue, right on cue, Larry Levine, un- there you go. Are you there, Larry? No, I'm somewhere else. Can you hear me? Uh, you're a little echoey, but uh, I was just well, I saying. fucking fix that. Hang on. All right. Um, okay, and how's then- this? Is this a little better? It's better, and you're live. It's still a little echoey. So I'm gonna, you know what I'm gonna do? I'm gonna have my wife handle that, Larry. I'm gonna bounce you out. But for is, a minute. is your wife in charge of echoing? Everything. Hold on, I'm bouncing you out. Larry will be back in a minute. How about Bouncy. that? We can't let him go too wild before the show even gets going. So, uh, with the recent capture of fugitive Danilo Cavacante, and with actor Danny Masterson from that 70s show, as well as scorned brother-in-law Charlie Adelson of the Dan Markell murder. Uh, they're all facing the prospect of life in prison. Danny Masterson, I think, got 30 years, but essentially it is a life sentence or close to one. Uh, we're asking these former inmates tonight what it's like to do hard time. Uh, you saw the man, Larry Levine. Let me bring him back. Larry, how are you? I'm up to no good. How about you? I'm good, but you're uh, you're still your audio is still a little weird, but it's doable. You know what? We're gonna have to fucking live with it. I don't know. All right, clip that on though. Don't hold it. I don't want you holding that mic. You want me holding this? Testing one. This is Mr. Remember Mr. Microphone? Hi, oh, live on the radio. We got Jacqueline Pavolari here on my right. Hi, Larry. Larry, we are alive. Captain Tommy Scoville up on my upper right. All right, let me there mic we go. myself up. The Larry Levine show has already begun. I'm going to mute Larry for one second while I get through this intro. So uh, the founder of Evolution Reentry Services, that would be Jackie Pulverary. You're looking at her in the bottom right of your screen, I believe. Uh, she is a leader with over 25 years of proven success in mentoring uh, and as well as therapeutic environments and criminal justice reentry. Her experience working with trauma in the criminal justice field culminated through her personal journey of making poor choices over a decade ago. A lot of times you end up in prison making bad choices. And then it is the Larry Levine show every time he's on. He was arrested by an FBI Secret Service-led organized crime task force. He was charged with racketeering, securities fraud, obstruction of justice, and narcotics trafficking. He served time and survived, more importantly, 11 federal correctional institutions of multiple custody and security levels. He is the founder and CEO of Wall Street Prison Consultants and new to the show, but certainly not last, uh, certainly uh, not, what is the expression? Last but not least, (laughs) Tommy Scoville. He was raised in an upper middle class family in the Northeast, same part of the country as me. He skied professionally, this guy. He retired. He became a public speaker. He got filthy rich. Then the doctor said to him, no more pain meds. Then he became addicted to street drugs, crime, and eventually a conviction for bank robbery where he served a federal time for that conviction. Tommy eventually married his defense attorney, uh, went back, got clean, and started a YouTube channel called The Lifeboat where he is essentially uh, helping people 
who are addicts. Um, so doing yeoman's work. Before we get there, the last couple of days, I've started this show off uh, with this photo, which can be a little disturbing. And I'm putting it up there right now. And I'm going to explain why I'm doing this. Uh, there it is. This is Ellen Greenberg. She was uh, found dead back in 2011. She was a elementary school teacher in a Philadelphia suburb known as Maniunk. Um, she was living with her fiance at the time. There were a lot of uh, signs, suspicious signs. Let's put it that way. Initially, her uh, death was ruled a homicide. Turns out her fiance's uncle is a very uh, high-ranking judge in Philadelphia that was donating to the now governor of Philadelphia, as well as the district attorney of Philadelphia, who's now running for re-election, a guy named Larry Krasner. Uh, the uncle was given permission to remove laptops the night that she died, uh, cell phones, other material. Uh, they had an independent autopsy done, and you're looking at the photo, which is why I'm showing it. Ten stab wounds to the front, ten stab wounds to the back. Two of these stab wounds are post-mortem, which means it happened after she died. Um, and it is now 12 years later, and the parents were just denied a motion. All they want a court to do is give them permission to investigate this death. That is it. Uh, it has never been investigated. Again, it was ruled a homicide. After a closed-door meeting that was not recorded between some prosecutors, some members of the police department, even the medical examiners, they then a few days later decided to rule it undetermined, and a couple months later ruled this a suicide. Uh, Larry Levine, I know you're not a coroner. I know you're not an attorney, but you are uh, a friend of the show. You look at this photo. Uh, does this look like a uh, suicide to you, Larry Levine? I don't know. When that person who was part of the Clinton case shot himself in the back and killed himself, was that a suicide? You know, when, they, when you stab, I, this is all speculation, not that I would know any of this. But when somebody is dead or you believe they're dead and you put a couple more in them, you want to make sure they're dead. It could have been a contract hit. Sounds kind of professional to me. You know, I could be completely wrong. What do I know? But I know of people that have been involved in situations of this nature. What they really need to do is go above the county. They need to go to the state, Department of Justice, to the office of the inspector general. If they're playing around on a county level, they're wasting their time. But uh, no, doesn't look like a suicide to me. Also looks like it's some sloppy work. Hell, I wouldn't have paid this person. Mm. So uh, Jackie, to you, um, to Larry's point, the reason I'm bringing this up is uh, we're trying to create some awareness. Um, you see at the bottom of your screen, that is the governor of the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania, Josh Shapiro. Coincidentally, the day after we had Ellen's parents on, he revealed a new uh, number where you can text him at 717-788-8990. Uh, Larry will be shocked to know that you get an automated response when you text that number. But Jackie, uh, just curious, um, we were given... Uh, advice by some very esteemed attorneys who said the way to to you know get at the governor and get at the da the da is running for re-election is to kick him out of office unless they uh investigate this case don't vote for them uh jackie when you see this photo what, what do you think does it look like uh murder or suicide what's it look it's like completely to you? disturbing and i don't think anybody with any bit of intelligence can look at that photo and say that's suicide I think um, I also was reading that um, the city said that they were sympathetic to Greenberg's family, 
but they were pleased with the court's decision. So shame on them. How could they be pleased with the court's decision? That that doesn't look like a suicide to me. Yeah, we did uh, an entire show with her parents just the other day. Please, it's worth watching. I'm not doing this. Uh, for numbers. I'm not doing this for anything other than to try to raise awareness. We are working uh, to get a billboard up uh, in the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania so that maybe the DA, Larry Krasner, who, by the way, kicked it to a different county, to Chester County, and the governor uh, kicked it uh, down the road as well when he was uh, attorney general. Um, It's just been kicked around, and it's time for these politicians to... um, I don't know, to come to some sort of sense here and do the right thing. Uh, Tommy, I just want you to weigh in on this first time. Best guest. Hope to have you back many times. Um, I don't want to throw you under the bus with this, but just seeing this photo and hearing what we were just talking about. Uh, any thoughts? Well, I mean, I think Larry kind of nailed it with the uh, the Vince Foster technique. But to, uh, to stab yourself in the back of the neck to commit suicide would be a first for me. I mean, I don't even know how. I don't even know how you make the mechanics of that happen. I'm sitting here. I don't want to be doing this on film, but I'm trying to figure out how a person stabs themselves in the back of the neck to take their own life. That doesn't make any sense. And she had a uh, four-inch knife wound to the heart, which uh, the fiancé happened to not notice till four minutes into the call. So a lot of things not adding up. Um, Again, text the governor, please. And uh, now it is time to move on. So, uh, Normally, and I was telling Tommy this off camera, uh, I'm a very structured guy. I like to come in with a quote-unquote show rundown, but it's the Larry Levine show. We got Larry, so I know I'm getting derailed already. Got Jackie, who's awesome. She's late. She's putting on makeup. I'm dealing with a bunch of characters tonight, so we're going to have a little bit more fun than usual. Story number one, uh, which I want to get to, we'll weave in questions in and out. And uh, for those of you who are interested in Danny Masterson, we're going to get to that next. And uh, Captain Tommy Scoville uh, brings very unique uh, perspective since he was at the sentencing. Um, but this first case here, um, we all watched this. At least I think you guys did. Danilo Calvacante, who, by the way, once he was caught, they changed his name to Danilo. Um, he was caught after 14 days on the run. At the On the left, he was a fugitive um, wanted for murder in Brazil, escapes to the United States, kills, murders his girlfriend here by stabbing her 38 times in front of her two young children. And he's on the run for 14 days. Jackie Pulverari, um, were you watching this? Were you keeping tabs on this uh, fugitive manhunt? It seemed like the whole country was kind of uh, on top of it. Yeah, I mean, how could you not? It was on every news station. It was, um, I know the people in that area were fearful because they didn't know where he was and, of course, you had to come to me first. Thanks, Joel. <laughs> <laughs> well, I thought, well, the reason I went to you first, actually. So he, I mean, he murdered his his young girlfriend, stabbing her 38 times in front of her two young children. What kind of uh, person does it take uh, to be able to commit that heinous a crime, Jackie? Well, a sociopath, obviously. I mean, but those two kids, God, my I have kids. So, so my heart goes out to... To the, they're ne- they'll never be normal, never. It's it's completely heinous, and there's this world is no rhyme or reason to it as it is. Never mind having some nutbag come in and stab a mother in front of her children. I mean, what did he even give a reason? Like, did anybody? Uh, I think it was uh, his temper. I think that's what uh, I don't think he ever gave a precise motive. Uh, She was threatening him with the children, threatening to leave, and he snapped. But um, Captain Tommy Scovo, by the way, 
Uh, how did we get Captain in front of our name? Is that yeah, a? Wow. You know what? This uh, I started off the Tommy Scoville show, and I just wanted to do um, some basically like a rehab meeting that weren't twelve steps. And I didn't think it was going to become anything, and it uh, started to take off. And somebody had said at one point that everybody there, regardless of addiction, was in the same boat. And the people kind of ran with us, and they named the uh, channel the Lifeboat because I didn't like the Tommy Scoville show. And then they kind of did the Captain thing, and that's uh, that's how that that came. And, that's that's amazing. I'm not going to bore you guys. I already uh, bored STS Nation a few weeks ago. Somehow on a Saturday, I ended up watching a two-hour documentary on the love boat, not to be confused with the lifeboat. And it was insane how much these people have aged. And and they, you just I used to watch. Oh, where are they now? I, oh, that I even yeah, I even sang the theme song. But Tommy, uh, what you're doing is super important. So by the way, Jody Johnson, if Larry Levine's here, I'm here. I'm here anyway. So that's all good. <laughs> Uh, Effringham, Illinois. So, Tommy, tell us about uh, the lifeboat. What do you do? You, you're on YouTube twice a day. What is uh, what is your purpose now? Okay, thanks. Um, I'll tell you what. Though, I'm a little starstruck, man. It's Larry. I watch it a lot Larry. of Larry, man. I don't I don't watch prison stuff on on YouTube, but I watch a lot of Larry. Um, <laughs> really? The, uh, the, I really, yeah. I, I, you know, we're both in the feds. So, you know, most of the people out there are doing stuff that isn't on. Uh, You've on seen me on CNN, Fox, and all the other nonsense. You're the, you're the, you're the real deal. I was saying before he got here, he said he's got a lot of equipment. I said, of course he does. He's a pimp, man. He's a pimp. yeah. He did. Uh, top Captain Scoville did say that Larry Levine, <laughs> perhaps the most famous former inmate in all of America, with those glasses. Um, uh, Cappy, yes. no, no, I'm calling him Cappy now. Do not Cap- give Larry a bigger head. He does not <laughs> need that. <laughs> Sorry. Um, so what we do? So what we do is. Uh, I, I didn't believe in the 12 step programs. I, I know that they work and they saved a bunch of people, but it doesn't work very well for me. And uh, I had learned a, a way in prison that was a little different. And I just, all I wanted to do was have meetings to kind of keep myself in line. And I thought if I went live a couple of times a day, then if I was getting wasted, people would catch me. And I got through federal paper and it, it just kind of took off and, uh, and it became something. And uh, we've been able to take the money that's come in and get people into medical assisted treatment and do some other uh, really cool stuff. And, a lot of people support it, and I've been—I'm the luckiest dude in the world that people show up and listen to me, man. I really am. But it's—it's—it's uh, it's, it's fun, and I'm having a good time, and we're trying to uh, to affect the change. It's 300 people a day dying of fentanyl overdoses. Wow, awesome. yeah, fentanyl is scary as hell, and I—I uh, I don't want in any way want them people to think this is now going to be the Captain Scoville show because Larry. I promise this. No, no, I want. With that said, I'm asking Tommy another question. So, Tommy. <laughs> Um, you were a, uh, this is interesting. You grew up in Vermont in the Northeast. You were telling me, by the way, Vermont, I consider to be, uh, among the most beautiful States in America. Absolutely love it. Gorgeous. It looks like a postcard. Um, you became a professional skier and then what happened? How did life change for you? Was it after an injury? I was after a lot of injuries. I had had uh, so many, you wouldn't believe it. And it may sound ignorant, but I just, I spent about seven or eight years on pain meds nonstop. And didn't have any clue that when I stopped taking them, I was going to end up in withdrawal. Like as stupid as that sounds, I just thought it was medicine that they gave me. And, you know, it keeps the pain down so I could keep skiing. And when it was all said and done, uh, they said, oh, we're not giving these out anymore. They're really expensive. I was getting 12 oxycontinates a day. And that put me to the street. And then I worked as a public speaker. And once they know you're on drugs, I couldn't make a living. And I had a family and I had a lot of other things. And I started robbing banks. And uh, that ended me up in federal prison and I married my attorney. I got out, I screwed up and went back. She and I are no longer uh, together, but I uh, started buying and selling guns when I got out the second time. And uh, the third time I met a black guy in prison 
which uh, Larry can uh, attest to not something. Well, one that I sat down with and talked to every day for, uh, you know, for about a year and a half. Your new best friend. Okay. Yeah. yeah. My homeboy, my homeboy in there was, uh, was a black dude, which was not an easy thing. Um, but. Where were you at? What, where were you at? You were at a low or no, you're a bank robber. Maybe. Yeah, I was, a, I was, I was a bank robber. Well, I had done like you, I had done a lot of them. I've been to uh, Lewisburg. Um, I went through um, Lewisburg. I went through Victorville. But at that point, I happened to be at um, Terre Haute, FCI Terre Haute. Okay. Yeah. And That's so, Tom, yeah, Tommy, yeah. How, how much time did you do all together? Uh, all together, 13 years. Good 13 for years. You. Yeah. yeah. I, I'm, I'm I fascinated like by this. I, I'm absolutely, I could, I mean, I could have Tommy on alone, no offense to Larry, for the next seven hours. So, I'm going to circle back and continue to ask you probably what you consider annoying questions, but what I'm curious about. Uh, Copper Horse checking in uh, from New Jersey. So back to this Danilo Calvacante guy, uh, Larry Levine, and I'll put his photo back up here for a second. Um, did you see him escape from prison? Did you see that video? What did you think? He crab walked out of this uh, county prison in Chester You know, county I did prison. a piece on CNN the other day about this same thing. The guy has to be like a fucking monkey or a squirrel. I did see the video of this. <laughs> Just incredible. to like inch himself up. That's like something you would see, I don't know, on a Mission Impossible movie or something. Seems to me like this guy had a lot of time on his hands. And maybe he's done something like this before. That's not really something that, I don't know, a novice criminal is going to do. Or maybe he practiced this. He got this idea in his head. You know, these cameras and these facilities, they go down all the time. So it's possible he did it once, he did it twice. He waited to see how far he was going to get before the cops jumped into his shit. Nobody ever came to investigate. Maybe they thought it couldn't be done. So boom, up and over, and this son of a bitch is gone. Mm. Um. Larry, in your time, I mean, is it impossible to escape federal prison? No, not at all. Fact, you know I anyone that's root the people on? When I was inside, and somebody would escape, they'd lock the institution down, and they would conduct this big fucking investigation. I would actually teach little classes to people inside on how to escape, of what they need to did, do. Larry. I'd send them to the law library. Okay. Let's go get the local phone book, which they conveniently give. You know, they have it on display there. Tear the map out of the back of that. It's going to tell you what's around the surrounding area. You're going to know where the bus station is. You're going to know where the police station is. You're going to know what to avoid. See, most of these people are not professional criminals. I was a criminal planner for the mafia, or I put crime together and make it better. These people are amateurs, but I saw several people leave, and I would say, run, baby, run. But the sad thing is they would take the person's bunkie or celly and they would lock them down for 90 days and do an investigation when generally this person, they really had nothing to do with it. They didn't know if you're going to leave, Steve, if, if you were going to leave, would you tell anybody, come on? No, There's too I would many, not. Yeah. But Larry, Jackie, are you, be, Larry, Larry, she was a camper. Jackie, if you were going to flee from the camp, would you tell anybody? No, I would take no. Andy Dufresne's route and I would chisel my way out. Yeah, yeah. Shawshank. But Larry, are you, Larry, are you, the captain are you, did a 13 piece. Would you have told anybody if you were leaving? I didn't even tell anybody if I was getting high. There you go. 
Nobody is going to say shit, and the staff believes that the inmates are telling each other. My favorite escape was in Safford, Arizona at the FCI. They have, and these, uh, Jackie and the captain will relate to this. They would bring inside the yard milk cartons, like those big crates of milk cartons on a pallet. So they bring it in, and they unload it or whatever. Some inmate gets in the middle of that pallet, and they stack the milk cartons all the way around them. They shrink wrap it, you know, with that wrap plastic stuff. Cop comes about a half hour later, picks them up, and just takes them out. I love that. I really do. By the way, Larry, you know what I love? I love that you have a green screen and you just keep up the green screen. That's like a sign of a true badass. He's like, I have a green screen and I'm going to leave it green. I'm not putting up any. I'm not putting up my software. This is why I'm late for somewhere. (laughs) Either my software is fucked up or yours is because I couldn't remember. I had my studio last time. Yeah, it's probably it's probably yours. No offense. But yeah, I told Tommy more money on my studio than yours. But I couldn't get this shit to sync up. Yeah. Remember, I'm going on all the networks using my shit. I'm gonna yeah. have my, to Larry, you by the way, this is a new need. this is a new set and I, I've got new software and I can't use it, so you're only seeing the head on okay. shot. But get this, rid of the st- hey, get rid of this stream yard bullshit. We are we're on OBS. We're moving to OBS. Oh good, we're okay. Doing, That's yeah. some good stuff. Steam I told you guys for that. I told you, yeah, I'm not I don't do it. My uh Space Coast, as he is called, my brother-in-law, my wife's brother, runs it all out of L.A. We're going back to it next week. I warned everyone the show is going to be off the rails from the start. Tracy <laughs> Fuller says, crushing on Captain Tommy Scoville. Totally respect his sobriety and insight. Uh, he just said that he was married but is no longer. So maybe, uh, I don't know, maybe <laughs> yeah. I'm creating. In, in Yiddish, we say it's a shidduch. Uh, uh, it's putting two people together. It's a big Tracy, mix, uh, give me your email. I'll send you his phone number. Yeah. Uh, survive. Email me surviving the survivor at gmail.com. Let's set Tommy Scoville up. Uh, by the way, Tommy, can I say where you're coming from? Because that's my, uh, it's where I met my wife. Um, yes. I'm in Tucson, Arizona, Tucson, Arizona. Okay. That is where I met my wife. Coincidentally at K gun nine news. It's a place that I love. I got to say my wife is not a huge fan, but. There's nothing like walking my dog, Mabel, late at night, who is no longer with us, and having to have a backup plan for when a pack of javelinas Javelinas, would charge us. We'd have to dive into the back of a pickup truck. It happened a couple times. If you don't know what a javelina is, J-A-V-E-L-I-N-A, look it up. Um, Gen X Granny, who's now a mod, says 13 years is a long time. Um, Tommy, I'm so intrigued by this stuff, and I I, I already apologize to everyone because this is off the rails. I knew it would be. Um, so you you're how low did you have to be to say, okay, I'm gonna rob a bank? And then how did you put a plan into motion to actually rob a bank? Um, well, I didn't start off a bank robber. I started off stealing other things and trading of defenses. And then you find out that a fence wants to give you 50 cents on the dollar the first time you show up. But when you come back the next time, he wants to give you 10 cents on the dollar. or It just gets to the point where you're stealing $2,000 a day to get high. So I decided to cut out the middleman and go to banks. And truthfully, I just did a bunch of research. You can actually do an awful lot if you start uh, going and doing a little research. And hey, um, I don't want Good for you. Yeah, I don't want to get like, I don't want to do a show on how to rob a bank. Yeah. But there's a top drawer and there's a bottom drawer. And if you mm-hmm. just go in and ask for the money, you're getting the top one. And there's no money in there at all. You ask for dive packs? What's that? I asked for everything. Give me all you of say, it. Give me toys. the dye packs. 
Yeah. Give me, okay. Yeah, give me everything. Because if you say, don't give me any of the banded money or the die packs or any of that, then you don't get any cash. You leave with almost nothing. Yeah. And even, even a killer bank robbery, I mean, whatever you see in the movies, if you go in and you're just hitting a teller, you're looking at maybe sixteen, seventeen thousand. That's a that's a maybe. good bank. Time and, 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 and Tommy, uh, you, I, Tommy, I assume were you were you actually armed when you were robbing these banks? No, I was not. You're not. No, but I was you not would, at all. Did you tell them that you were? Would you say that no. you were? You no. no okay. I, I went in and just told them that I wanted See, to talk. That's important. That's, that's a different really time, important. right? Yeah. If he tells them he had a gun, even though he didn't. He's created an element of fear. Because he created the element of fear, they will give him an enhancement because the person behind the counter believed he had the gun. So the Just fact like that he used a note, I'm not going to hurt anybody, made a big difference at sentencing. Yep. And uh I mean, if you were armed, hypothetically, would you have served a much longer term, as Larry just said? Absolutely. Tommy? Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, Absolutely. yeah about five times longer on average. I mean, you really do. Tommy, a whole how many lot banks? Longer. How many places did uh, you hit? Uh, over a dozen. Allegedly. Yeah, allegedly over, over a dozen. Good for you. Yeah. Wow. Uh, Larry Levine is the only one that endorses crime on I completely understand where he's coming from. He knows that this is in the past, and I'm, yeah. I'm you know, yeah. rehabilitating. Yeah, and, and Tommy, la last question for now. By the way, Lawson Oz says, lost nine friends in a single month. I'm lucky to be alive and free of fentanyl slavery. That is a... Uh, it's a horrific thing Thank what's God. going on. Yeah, I just talked to my wife. I mean, my kids are too young right now. Um, but I'm already worried. Um, one bad, you know, when we were growing up, one bad mistake and you you tripped or something, right? But now, one bad mistake and you could be dead. Um, so it's it's a scary world out there. But Tommy, and it's so, in meth and it's in coke and it's in everything. Oh, it's horrible. Um, Man, I, I pray for all those people. I really do. Uh, Tommy, last question. So for now, um, so you end up marrying your defense attorney, but you slip up and you said you went back and now you were you were uh, selling weapons. Is that right? Um, why why did you decide yeah, I, to? I, I bought. It could have been anything. They uh, It was basically a setup for them to get me. And they sent somebody to uh, to the door who had a same drug habit as I did. And he had a huge stash of guns that, were probably worth you know 110 grand and i think he wanted eight thousand dollars for it like the kind of thing that a normal person would go well this doesn't smell right uh i just well, went and got the you weren't and then i sold most of those guns you weren't no, predisposed to sell all. the weapons they came to you so that's sentencing entrapment well we and, and all the way along because right? not i also sold I also sold the guns I, I not only did i buy them from feds but i sold them to feds i really hit it out of the park Wow. It was full wow. on broker. Good for you. And yeah. and Tommy, I don't want to get personal, but when you slipped up the second time, that that the the defense attorney wife said no more chances, and she was out. Yeah, that was uh, that was pretty much the end of uh, the end of that um, that marriage. Yeah. And let me ask yeah. you. So all me, now, all me, by the way, that's all on me. It's all on you. And and let me ask you this. So what changed? How come you? How come you've kind of rehabilitated now? Why are you a changed man? I got a job. I got a job working at a uh, Unicor facility and um, these guys know what Unicor facilities are, but I, I got a job working at a factory and a, a black guy walked up to me and said, you're either the smartest uh, dumb person I've ever met or the dumbest smart person I've ever met. He said, but you got more on the ball than anybody in here. He's like, and I'll, I'll keep a pair of shoes here for you. Cause you're coming back. You know, this is the life on the installment plan. And I said, you know, F you, you don't know what you're talking about. And guy ended up becoming a brother of mine. 
and uh, got me sober. And uh, I've never looked back. You know, he's still in there. He's still doing life for some stuff he did when he was a teenager. But uh, I'm fighting to try to get him out. And, uh, yeah, that's what changed. A black guy that shouldn't have even been talking to a white guy in a federal prison decided to help me get sober. Wow. That that's, an that's an amazing story. Uh, and I have more questions coming. Uh, Sharon says, Larry is keeping it real. Uh, this guy cracks me up. I can only imagine that that would be Larry Levine, followed by <laughs> Brazilian tree shimmy. Um, Larry says the F word beautifully from Shivani. <laughs> I would have to agree. Um, it truly does. Uh <laughs> Larry giving props to Calvicante. Love it. I don't know that I love that. This is going to destroy the show in one <laughs> single episode. Uh, Larry has me cracking up. Uh, my face would hit the wall. I would never be able to do that. Um, me either. Larry, yeah. now that Danilo Calvicante is uh, back in state prison, according to authorities, and he's there uh, to serve out his life sentence, what are inmates saying about his capture? Is he being heralded behind bars? Is he being mocked that he was caught? What is the consensus you think behind uh, those prison bars? Wherever well, I don't believe he's back in state prison. I think they're going to recharge him. He's probably in the county jail because he's going to have to make some court appearances. Do you know for a fact he's back in the state? They said that they were processing him um, yeah, okay. at the state. At the state parish and then bringing them straight to the state prison. to serve I guess. Them. Okay, yeah. he's sitting in the shoe right now, the special housing unit, the hole. And he's going to be in there for a long time, several months, maybe years. They're going to want to do a big investigation to see was there somebody helping him on the outside? Did somebody help him on the inside? Why did he do this? They're just going to look up this guy's ass with like a microscope. The other inmates... They don't have any skin in the game, okay? They're probably rooting the guy on. Good for you. It's kind of like, and this is like a touchy thing for me. I don't believe in killing police. I'm not a cop killer believer. But when somebody comes in and they're a cop killer, the other inmates, depending on the type of facility you're in, they'll high-five you. So you've got like a diverse group of people. But this guy, is I mean, he's a killer. He's got respect from some people over that. When I was in another FCI, I was locked up with Mr. Clark. He was a short little fat dude, about five foot two. He was the first post office killer in San Diego. He killed his ex-wife, his ex-mother-in-law, and three co-workers. He said he killed everyone but the dog because he liked the dog. And this guy got all kinds of respect from the gangbangers because he was a killer. And nobody screwed with Mr. Clark because of that. So this guy probably has some sort of perverted respect from the other inmates right from the bat. I would believe the captain's shaking his head. Yeah, and Larry, Larry, to you, when when you walk into those halls in that federal prison, which just gives me like goosebumps because I would not survive a day in prison. I'd be you'd be just yeah, fine. Yeah, really, it doesn't. Tommy, seem like would he it. not be all right? No, he would. He stays yeah. himself. Yeah. If your, if your okay. paper's good. It's uh, based on fear. They want to scare you, okay? That's what it's all about, control and fear. Once you get inside, you look at the program, you figure out the staff are like kids, they're insecure, how to treat them like children, you get your program down, you're going to be just fine. You know, if you show respect, you'll get respect. I have no doubt if you stepped into a prison, you'd be fine. 
really. You hear, you hear that, Mom? Larry Levine says I would be fantastic in prison. I I'll feel much better. I'll you before you go oh, I'm sure Carm has Thank a lot you. to say on that yeah. one. <laughs> By the way, the new studio, that is a mural right behind me of Carm with Mabel Rose on her lap, my uh, now deceased uh, beloved pup right there. Um, Larry Levine, yeah. quick question. So when you hear about this guy and you hear that he murdered his whole family, uh, you see him in a hallway. That was my question. How, oh. how do you react? Do you just, uh, you know, I guess you don't see him in the hallway, but how do you react to him? You ignore him? Do you, uh, you know, does it make you nervous? I would just try to interact with the guy the best way that I could. I was locked up. I flew Con Air. They know what Con Air is. <laughs> I was chained up next to a serial killer. I think he killed 11 people or something. Boy. And the guy seemed as normal as you or I. I don't know if I seem normal, but the guy <laughs> seemed like a normal person. This guy might have an entirely other attitude on the inside. He knows that it's lawlessness. He's not in charge. He's not a shot caller. He's some little scrawny motherfucker. And just imagine the street cred, the street credibility for someone that kills him. So he may have a target on his back right now. It's possible. Yeah. By the way, Lucy Bell, hope you're feeling better. She says she's recovering from uh, major health issues. She didn't think she could make it through the stream. Happy that you're here. Take care of yourself. Um, I already warned Tommy Scoville. We like to go long. He has a podcast, I think, at quarter after the hour. So he's going to bounce. But I'm going to keep Larry and Jackie. Yeah, we're we're going to go a little long tonight. Yeah, because I got a million things I got to ask you guys. I'm, I'm absolutely, totally intrigued by this. Jackie. Back to this Danilo Cavalcante, and then we'll move on from there. So, you know, he murdered his girlfriend in front of her very two young children. Does that, in your opinion, change the dynamic? You said those two kids, I think they were like four and seven. They're never going to be the same. They watch this uh, in real time. But when you go into the prison system uh, and people find out that he committed this murder in front of young children, um, does that change the, the dynamic of how they view him? Well, I don't know about in a men's prison, but obviously in a women's prison, it's very different. It, we, we had women come in that committed crimes against their kids, and it does change the dynamic extremely. I don't know. These guys can answer, but there's a lot of things about this I didn't understand. I mean, the guy was shot at seven times and then how somehow got the shotgun and then stole it from the person who shot at him. And the police still didn't catch him after that. So I think right there, I think he gets, like Larry said, street creds just alone for escaping. I don't think the crime at that point is going to be the focus, which is sad. Well, the guy <laughs> that shot him, he ripped the gun off of, was probably nervous. A lot of hang, high anxiety. He didn't know what to do. Where the dude, uh, the, the escapee, what do you, how do you pronounce it? De Cavalante? Cavalcante. Cavalcante. He had a purpose to get in and to get out. The other guy, he was just there playing cowboy or something with his shotgun. He probably never expected for the guy to show up. Yeah. I, would, I would bet on that. Yeah, he was surprised. Crime, do you think his crime is a focus or the fact that he escaped would be the focus now with other inmates? For me? Either one, yeah. Well, okay, he gets some type of credibility for escaping because very few people escape. I don't know for his crime, killing somebody in front of the kids really gives him any props. What I'm wondering is why he's still alive. If yeah. he did this in front of the kids, why didn't some family member pay someone on the inside to put a knife in, knife in him or something and take him out? 
I mean, really, that's what could happen. Hmm. Yeah, family uh, members don't. That's know. what I would do. I'd contract uh, it out. Fragilistic says, don't get any better than STS Nation, baby. Meanwhile, when Larry runs for president, uh, this is his platform, Build Crime Back Better. Uh, oh, I get BICBA is the uh, acronym there instead of something else. We got uh, this person says, you escape a federal prison, you lose spa privileges for a week, taking a shot at uh, the captain and Larry saying they had it easy. By the way, right now, uh, Alec Murdoch right now, uh, Tommy Scoville, he's trying, uh, they say, to finagle his way into federal prison. What is the basic difference for those who don't know between federal and state prison? Federal prison sucks. The uh, what happened they was there was sucks. a uh, there was a yeah they all suck. I did I did a state rep, but the uh, there was a, a law passed called the Zimmerman um, uh, law that basically made federal prison a whole lot less uh, comfortable. They got rid of the weight piles. Uh, they got rid of pictures of naked women, you know, which was a, a thing. You couldn't get magazines like that anymore and. Uh, there was just a lot that they cut down. There used to be video games. There used to be television and cells and all of those things got yanked. Now yeah. it's just, a, it's, it's considerably different inside a uh, federal system than it is a state, but look, make no mistake. Larry nailed it. Not, you know, they all suck. Um, it's yeah. just the thing that. is in, in state prison, you can have an, I, an iPad in your cell. You can have an iPad in well, federal no, prison. In the feds. They're getting tablets for the inmates that they can the write movies on. I mean, do all kinds of shit. Probably overpriced because these are big money makers for the federal prison system. When I left, when I left, that was already up on. When you went to the computer to get on your, uh, you know, your True Links, it already, yeah, Core Links, it already had that on the bottom, but they weren't selling them or doing anything. So when they did that with the MP3 players, it took a couple of years, you know, for it to catch up. And then it starts at the camps and it works its way up. But yeah, I think that's coming. You know, I think that, uh, that I've got a client. Okay. I run wall street prison consultants. I help people that are going in people that have fucking issues on the inside. I've got a client. I forget where the inmate is at and he's in the feds. He's at a low FCI and he's having video visits with Mm -hmm. his family over a tablet from his housing unit. He can yeah, rent movies for $10. That's so crazy. None of the of- women have that. I could tell you that. That I yeah, know that of. Was, and I have that's new to me. That's new to me. That's I crazy. I just heard about it, too. It's I crazy. just heard some a client today called me, a client's mother. Turns out this chick got sentenced. Now, check this out. This is a first on me, and I've seen it all. The judge never signed the J&C. The judge was 98 years old. Died after the sentencing, the JNC, that's the judgment and commitment order, for those that don't know, was never signed. They end up taking her to custody. She's got a $10 million restitution. She was like a stock fraud or something. And now the flu is trying to to collect money from her, the financial litigation unit. Oh, I'd be all over that. I told her, you don't have to pay a fucking dime. They want her to sign a paper. Crazy stuff happening. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah, no judgment. Know, you didn't have to pay anything, nothing, nothing yeah, at all. That's your Larry, that's Larry your Levine. Order. Yeah, uh, Tommy just mentioned this. Hey, Mona has a question. Thank God. Uh, is there still weight training equipment in prison? I always thought that was weird. Uh, is, is are there weights in the yard in federal and state? The, the, now? the, the way it works in the feds is this 
you're grandfathered in. So if the weight pile is there and nobody does anything stupid with it, nobody drops a weight on a guy's head or uses a bar as a weapon or generally does something to piss off the warden, then you're good. But they, if a piece of equipment breaks and it can't be welded back together, it's gone. They're not reordering anything. So yes, it's there, but it's, it's really decreasing. Um, Lenore forevermore says, uh, and Tommy, I'll, I'll have you address this. My friend is in federal prison right now in, in Arizona, and he's in solitary a while. Given 17 years in there, eight now, he is miserable and humbled. Tommy, what advice would you have for Lenore's friend who might be listening on a tablet? We don't know. He's done eight years in solitary. That's what I don't think he has a tablet there. I guess not in solitary, yeah. but yeah. It's a, yeah, it's a, yeah, that's uh, that, that's an awful long time. The uh you know what? Solitary confinement is one of those things that either drives you insane or it doesn't. I, I was pretty fond of being alone with a book. You know, you could work out in there. There was nobody to bump into. But it's about having a program. It's what you do when you get up in the morning. If you lay there and you do nothing, you're screwed. You got to get up. If you're someone that reads the Bible, start your day doing that. Make your bed. Work out. But you have to have your day segmented. Well, same thing that got me clean on the streets is always having something that I'm doing, not sitting around on your ass waiting for uh, bad things to happen. Mm. Um, Luna's mom says a prisoner broke out weeks earlier. This is from the Chester County uh, jail there in Pennsylvania. The same way he was caught in less than 30 minutes. So this guy, uh, he was slick and uh, the way he moved around. Um, so moving on to a different story here, Danny Masterson. Uh, we all know him. He's the actor from that 70s show. Uh, he, he's put on trial for rape. Uh, the first time it ends in a, uh, basically a hung jury. They were deadlocked. Uh, he's retried. Uh, he was just put behind bars last week, uh, three months after he was found guilty of sexually assaulting two women back in 2003. Um, just today, we find out that his wife, actress Bijou Phillips, filed for divorce. Um, Jackie, are you surprised that this divorce came as quickly as it did? What are the um, I, I mean, I guess there's emotional reasons, but also probably financial reasons, Jackie. Well, emotional reasons. I mean, her, her husband raped three women, I think it was. One of them was his girlfriend of five years, right? Mm. Um, and there he is right there. Uh, they with they his stood wife. by him through the whole trial. I mean, they're saying he's financially, well, I'm all for divorce financially for when it comes to any kind of prison <laughs> situation because uh, she needs to move on. I mean, he's gotten, what, 27 years? Did he get how many years? 30 years. Yeah, 30 years. He's done. So she, th she's young. Yeah. I, emotionally, I mean, why would she stick around? That's 30 years state time. So what is that really going to equate So maybe what, 15? 15, 15, 15 years. How old is he now? He's going to, I think. I think. I think he's got to bring them. I think he's got to bring them. They're two separate crimes, and I think he has to bring them 85% on each to be eligible. Are they back-to-back uh, -back or yeah. concurrent? No, they're running back to back, running wild. Oh, they are. Yeah, that yeah, means consecutive, one after the other. So, yeah. Larry, what, Larry, what does that mean in English? How much time is he going to be in prison <laughs> in for? It means that they're going to have to fucking pipe sunlight into him. He's going to be in there so long. Mm. Let's say why that you back have to back, back to yeah, back. Yeah, because because they took place on two different. So, really, there was a bunch more than three. Okay, the, the, uh, they they knew of about eight. And there are many more than that. But what happened? Yeah, what happened is there were three different uh, cases, and they were at three different times. It wasn't like this happened one night. 
So even though it was all brought together at the same time, he was facing multiple, um, you know, assaults on multiple days against multiple victims. So it also was very confusing because they had to base it on a 2003 law because the laws have changed, but this took place under then. To make a long story short, the cat ain't getting any any love at all for 27 years. That's when he's first eligible for paper. And you know what Larry can tell you, the odds of that guy not losing every bit of that good time is really thin because the first time someone hits him, he's losing good yeah. time. You got wow. a better chance of Jesus coming back right yeah, now. Wow. By the way, real. I'm, the I'm sorry, time. real quick, Jackie. Bijou filed for divorce because of the civil suit and that she is a Scientologist and yeah, has to disconnect. That, that may not protect her, though, because if they had their money co-mingled, you're talking about filing for a divorce after the fact. I'll put a right. may in there. Yeah, but the thing is, he's got to disconnect from the, if he's, he's no longer going to be a Scientologist while he's locked up. The Scientology church had a big problem with this because they brought his religion into the courtroom, which is your first amendment, right? And they're saying that, that the government broke his first amendment, right? By bringing his religion. So people who hate the Scientology church, hence the jury, are going to automatically have a bias against him. And that's what they're trying to say. I mean, it got, what, dismissed or dropped the first time around. This was the it second was, time. It was, it was deadlocked. What, really, uh, what was really interesting is that the second time around, um, because they were allowed to bring in some documentation from Scientology, these people couldn't go to the police when these assaults took place because that's not how it works in that religion. But they went to the Scientology police. And all of those no. documents became uh, released, and it's him admitting exactly what he did. Yeah. And so it was pretty cut and dry the second time around. Yeah, because in Scientology, that alone, going to the police, is a high crime. You That's can't it. do that. That's a crime going. within itself in the Scientology cult. That's a good oh. attribute. I have to correct that. you. No rats. <laughs> no rats. Yeah, no rats. No they get rats. very serious about it, too. That's they get real point serious. I'm a Scientologist. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so, so listen to this. Luna's mom, super sticker. Thank you. Tommy is an expert on Danny Masterson. Love him and AA Ron. So, uh, Captain Tommy Scoville, uh, you did tell me before the show that you were at sentencing uh, for Danny Masterson. How did you get so involved in this case? Why? And uh, what was sentencing like? Um, I was brought in as a, an expert, much like this, where I was talking about what possibly could happen to Danny once he is behind bars. And in the process of that happening, I got to meet some of the um, the people involved and uh, and was fortunate enough to get an opportunity to meet the Jane Doe's who are. Um, I mean, the, the, these people have been tortured by this cult after they came forward and what they've gone through. Uh, you know, they're heroes in a way that I don't see very often just really, really tough people. And, and that kind of got me involved. So they said, boy, if you could come out to the sentencing, we'd love to meet you. Uh, we went out there and there was literally about four people that got in there that weren't family or press or whatever. But since I got there at 5 a.m., I was one of those uh, people. And uh, when, just when you say incredible you, seats. I'm sorry. When you say that you were brought in, were you brought in by like the defense as an expert? No, they, no, I was in, I was invited in by the uh, by the crew to uh, to be out there for part of it if I could make it. So I was able to sit behind the Jane Doe's and uh, and just yeah, it was a it was a, a really phenomenal thing to watch justice happen. You know, this so is you Leah Remini was with them, right? Leah Remini was sitting yeah right in front of me. She was there for but support. You were like a member of the press, sort of the way you were. Sort of, but I didn't. But I didn't get in under the the uh, press badge. I got in under the uh, under the. We're letting in a few people just from the street. Okay. And there were three of them, and we ended up being me and a friend. We just got there really early. We did it right. And, and Captain Tommy Scoville, what was it like as that verdict was being read before you hear the words guilty? What is the tension like in that courtroom? 
Well, it's it's really strange because the the in, as you looked at the courtroom, which was very small, there are only like three rows, Larry. It would have freaked you out. It's about a fourth of the size of any courtroom you've ever been in. Yeah, absolutely teeny. And the front row had uh, Bijou and uh, and Danny's mom and his brother and a couple of friends. The rest of the courtroom was made up of uh, of people that that had been assaulted by him or uh, press. He came in and they were allowed this cat to wear street clothes. Apparently they begged and begged and begged in spite of the fact that he had already been sentenced. Uh, they were able to get him to wear a suit one last time. And, uh, but he came in and kicked back, laid back as he looked like he was falling asleep a couple of times, he messing with his screwed. fingers. Knew he was screwed. A couple of times during the, uh, the victim statements, he did what you could almost call rolling your eyes, like just, just enough under it to make sure the judge didn't yell, but, he wasn't uh, enjoying most of this, and there was no reaction from him at all when they uh, handed out the sentence. He knew what was coming. Wow. I don't think there was any doubt. Uh, Lori H., by the way, uh, a major purpose of iPads, I'm sure, is to keep the inmates quiet and occupied as a, an incentive for good behavior. Brilliant. By the way, that's what I do with my kids, so I guess my kids uh, de facto are little inmates. They call um, it a management tool to manage management the inmates. Tool. Yeah, that's what I call it, too, for my children. Uh, and it says here tablets have been available, blah, blah, blah. Um, Larry, to you, yeah. Danny Masterson, the guy's a celebrity, that 70s show. He's got uh, great curly hair. He's uh, obviously not a very good person for the crimes that he committed. How is he going to be treated? Uh, by the way, he was in the L.A. County Jail, which is no joke. But now oh. he's going to be going to state prison. Um, how's he going to be treated? I think some people are going to try to cozy up to him, thinking that maybe he can do something for them. He still has contacts. I mean, uh, Jackie and Tommy can probably relate to this. How many people did you see on the inside that were writing a screenplay? Everybody had an idea for a movie or something. <laughs> so they're going, no, really. So Teresa I was out before she got out of prison. Her crime, okay? <laughs> That's what the prosecutor called me. But they're going to feel that maybe he can do something for them. You know, no one in the place he's going to go, he's not going to a federal camp somewhere. He's not going to a level one state yard. He's going to be, what do you think, Tommy, maybe a level three? Probably yeah, I think, medium. Yeah, I think at a minimum he's going to be at a three because of the crimes. He's going to be at a level three, a medium security. So as long as he doesn't fuck with anybody and doesn't show anyone disrespect, I think people generally are going to leave him alone. And that really, as long as you're not a, a rat, you're not a child molester, kitty porn and such, you're not going to, that's why I said you wouldn't have a problem. You're not really going to have a problem on the inside. Now, he may be pressured at a media, maybe to join a gang or something. He, they, maybe they want him to be a white supremacist. It's possible. He's not going to be a member of the Crips or the Bloods. He's not going to be a member of MA, the Mexican Mafia. So the logical thing is, is maybe he hooks up with a white gang because when the shit jumps off, and that means there's a riot, there's a disturbance, you need to run with your own people. Nobody cares who you are. You need to back them up so if something happens to you, they're going to back you up. Mm. Uh, this is, yeah, this is interesting. I don't even, I am not T-Pain posted something I'm afraid to read, but she basically says you got to go to prison TikTok and you can learn how to do certain things with towels, um, which I don't even, I can't believe there's prison TikTok. I wouldn't knew. I never knew. Uh, Lucy Bell is, go ahead, Larry. Okay. A towel, a sock, whatever it may be. 
you could put some padlocks in the towels or the socks and boom, bounce that off somebody's head. You can put some boots in the towels or socks, bounce that off somebody's head, hit them in the face with it, knock their teeth out, mm -hmm. dislocate their jaw. It's kind of like the socks and the towels are multiple purpose tools. You can use them to, you can strangle somebody with it. You know, there's a lot of different things you can use do use a towel with inside. Larry, I don't think I, Larry, I don't think I would do too well in prison, Larry. I, I tend to disagree. <laughs> you wouldn't Lucy, be in that kind of place, Tommy. What the, do you think? He'd be sitting in a minimum, a, a minimum no, out. You'd be in a yeah, fucking I think, minimum. I think you'd be minimum, camp. and I think you'd be playing cards and telling stories, and guys would like you. But you'd be telling so. lies about women. You said. Although if I go to pr if I go to prison, I'm going big. So I don't know that I'd be there in the minimum security prison. But I think that Danny's <laughs> going to be running into the the thing I. Th Think that Danny's going to be running into trouble with is that it's a California yard, and I think that there's a there is a chance, believe it or not, that that cat could end up on a four yard. There was a gun involved in one of the um, one of the essays. Yeah, one of the essays had a gun involved. There's some, and there if you read the details, and I'm not going to share them here because I feel messed up doing that. I think if the Jane Does want to do that, but it was really really messed up stuff. I think there's a chance that cat could even end up on a four yard, in which case they're going to extort him, and he's going to be a I don't think I would. I would rather uh, keep my future than trade mine for his. It yeah. Is 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 a four yard maximum the most uh, yeah. serious prison? Is that what it is? Well, yeah, it is. Yes and no. Four is like a maximum security, but then you get let's say into what is it, Cochrane or Pelican Bay, right. where you're in the... super max. Right. You're in a special management unit where you do yeah, not yeah, leave your cell SMU. without three handcuffs. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, and you're there what twenty? You're there twenty four hours a day, just solo. Uh, you're you get out, out one hour every uh, every three days for a shower, yeah, and one hour out. five days a week to do push ups. Wow, and and Captain Scoville, you said you were okay with solitary. You were okay being alone all day. Didn't drive you. Yeah, nuts. I really did not. I really didn't mind solitary confinement. I mean, either way, I'm I'm in the shoe. So if I was in there alone, you know, I don't have to deal with the you know a guy farting and chewing with his mouth open and all the things that'll drive you nuts. Yeah. Didn't by the way, my dad. My dad, may he rest in peace, always said better boredom than suffering. No better example yeah. of that than uh, that. Uh, back to you, Jackie. You're getting overshot right on cue. And the uh, look at this. Uh, weddings are Joel's equivalent of prison. That is pretty accurate, Ned Smith. I was dragged to one not long ago. You're right, Ned Smith. Uh, Lucy Bell. Uh, literally, I was about to ask this question in the COE. By the way, someone asked what that stands for. That is chief of everything. Uh, you touched on it, but can the guest, Jackie, elaborate on inequities between men's and women's prison amenities, funding for health, work, reentry? What are the major differences between men and women's prisons, Jackie? Well, I think commissary is made. Everything is made for men's prison. Everything. So women are buying off the men's commissary. So the clothing they buy is men's. Everything except very few things are tailored for women. So the, I think that's one huge inequity. I think the gang thing is also a big difference with women. I mean, women, we, we had older women that were scary and that would, um, I had one woman who I saw beat over the head, another woman, but not like, I don't think a men's prison where there was more gangs, the women's prison, mostly what they fight about is chairs, watching television, Scrabble. They don't want, if you're in a, if you're in a minimum security camp in a women's prison, 
you do not want to have any violence because you don't want to be moved. So there's no, there's no shoe in a women's minimum security camp. So if you make a mistake, you get into an argument, a big fight, you're getting bumped up to an FPC. And I don't think women want to do that. And I think men more or less, the ones that are in the camp, I don't know, you guys can tell me if I'm right or wrong. The ones that are in the camp are pretty set, but the guys that are in the FCIs and above, they got time. They're not gonna, I think, be as easy as the women are, I think. I don't think, Tommy, you never went to a camp because of your crime, did you? No, nope. okay. never got anywhere near a camp. I was the in highs, mediums, lows, minimums. They bounced me around the system. I would actually prefer to be at an FCI than to be at a camp. I yeah, have some well, women I, that say that. You get I've more done, respect. I've done that. Yeah, you get more respect from the other inmates. There's a lot more activities to do. There's more education. There's more jobs available. It's easier to kill time. People click up. You have what's your car, people you walk around with. At a camp, what I noticed is, okay, let's back up a little bit. Um, Jackie, you wouldn't have experienced this. Tommy would. Tommy, what happens when somebody cuts in a phone line or somebody changes the channel on the TV without asking permission? Oh, that I experienced. It's on. Uh-huh, mm -hmm. it's on, okay? Someone's going to jump into somebody's shit for sure. I was at Phoenix. Some guy changed the channel on the TV before, uh, like 10 minutes after I left the TV room. They hit the deuces. The alarm was going off. They killed this poor son of a bitch with a pencil in his ear and in his neck. What I noticed in a camp, and I was like shocked when I first went down to a camp. My first camp was Lompoc camp. Okay. People were cutting in lines. People no were just sitting at different tables. People were changing the channel. And I, people were sitting on other people's bunks. And I was uh, just amazed <laughs> this was happening. And this is why they say that Camps are a bunch of fucking crybabies. Everybody, it's not fair. They set me up. The government did this. The government did that. No, you stupid motherfuckers. The government didn't do it. You committed you your own crime. You're the yeah. one that put you there. If I had to go back, I would go back to at least a low for sure. Yeah. I would say Phoenix I'm not going to camp. Larry, There's stay out of prison. There's a lot of women that say that, that have been in both that I've had as clients. Now, I just... Um, Larry knows I just brought a woman to self-surrender to Danbury Federal Camp last week. When you walk up, they now also have a women's FPC. So they have the FCI for the men, they have the FPC for the women, and they what, have the what, is, what does that all stand for? I don't know. Um, the FCI is a federal, federal correctional camp. institute. Yeah. Oh, okay. And then there's a federal prison camp and okay. the federal prison institute. So the camp does not have wires you know it doesn't have a wired fence around it where the other two do so you could see the women inside the fpc they were structured they were doing their jobs they were raking they were more in, in groups of women whereas the camp with uh, i think there was 118 women when i dropped this woman off no structure there's no for right now they have um the 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 FEs, the, the amendments that you can get time off of the federal correction. The 821. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. So there's no, there's no classes. There's nothing at the camps right now. So if you want to get any time off, your best bet is at an F FCI because you'd be able to take, you know, and there's like Ghislaine Maxwell. I think I talked about that on an inside edition thing that I did. She's at the FCI. She's already earned a ton of, ton of points because she's in 
uh, trauma programs. She's, yeah, she's in all these programs yeah. where women at the camp, they don't, they don't get that. Mm. Uh, Seamus Donahue, did Larry or the captain do RDAP? I have no idea what that is. Captain uh, probably couldn't do it because he had the gun. What is it? Tell us what that is. I don't know what it it's is. A, it's a residential drug program. Oh, okay. But, and you can get time US, off of your sentence. 18 USC 3621E, if somebody wants to Google that. What it allows them to do, if you have a substance abuse issue, could be alcohol, could be weed, hell, it could be prescription drugs. It allows them to put you through a, a fucking nine-month AA program, four days a week, and you can get out up to a year early, up to, as long as okay. you have 37 months or more. I was RDAP eligible. They moved me around to so many different institutions because I was helping so many different inmates that by, yeah, the time, paperwork. by the time I became RDAP eligible, they only wanted to give me 10 days off after 10 years. And I told them to take their RDAP program and shove it up their ass as far as it would go. And if once they had it far enough, they should send it up another 10 feet. Now they play a game. See, the judge will recommend you to go into RDAP, but it really doesn't matter. Matters what it says in your probation report as far as alcohol and drug Yep, but the judge will recommend that you go to RDAP because the judge can't order it. The judge could recommend that you go to Miami or Lewisburg. The judge yep. cannot order shit like that. And you so always anyway, think you're going to. People you always think you're going to a nice The judge ordered it. I told them I wasn't going. I said, you know what? You can go put me on the call out sheet. That's like a daily sheet for appointments. I said, put me on the call out, but I'm not going to show up. I'm telling you. Give that RDAP slot of mine to somebody who's going to get some time off it. Well, this fucking psychological, they call them DTSs, drug treatment specialists. She told me, well, you have to go. The judge ordered it. Yeah, I've heard I go, that. Really? The judge ordered it. I must be the only one in fucking history in the feds. The judge ordered that too. Everyone else that comes crying to you, they want to get in the program, you recommended it. So I told him, fuck you people, I'm not going. Do you really think after 10 years, 10 days made a difference to me? Come on. Hmm. Uh, Jody Johnson says, uh, on that note, can we please get this panel every Tuesday like Phil and Scott on Fridays? We've got uh, America's Most Respected Detective, uh, Phil Waters and Scott Duffy from the FBI every Friday. I'll tell you what, I literally, I'm not exaggerating, I could talk to Larry, Tommy, and Jackie for uh, seven hours right now. And uh, my biggest worry right now is that Tommy does this sobriety meeting and he's already late for it and i'm it's not a good thing so i'm, I'm getting let, drunk waiting for him yeah that's, that's not right. good Are you kidding me um so i know tommy in about eight minutes you probably have to hop off but i would like yes. to do this more often so i'm gonna talk to these guys off camera because uh, in all seriousness we see a different side of the justice system here uh with really unique eyes so uh i love this by the way i am not t-pain she is a mod now. Does anyone need some STS merch? We're bringing a ton to CrimeCon. They should have these three at CrimeCon. I'm going to pitch them when I'm there uh, this coming Thursday. These these guys need to be um, at CrimeCon. Did not look at this question, Tommy, but this looks like it's for you. I don't understand why fentanyl is mixed in drugs when it is so dangerous and difficult to dose. Don't you lose a customer? Uh, Tommy, care to answer that? 30-second version is because this dope has not on the street to try to get you high. It's on the street to try to kill you. Every single time more people die, they continue to up the strength of it. And then they mix in xylazine because it uh, doesn't uh, you know, work. The antidote doesn't work. So this is...
is on the street to kill us. It's coming from the beast from the east, and it's no accident. That's all there is to that. Uh, Tommy, a couple quick questions. You seem like such a mild-mannered guy. When you were in the system, were you, like, goaded into any fights? Did you have to scrap it all to prove yourself? Oh, yeah, I had to, I had to fight in prison. You, you got to put work in at every institution you go to. And if, uh, as he was saying earlier, if somebody, you know, any kind of disrespect, there's uh, I, I would say that I've probably become a little bit more mild-mannered over the years, but I was I was never much to uh, to do a lot of screaming, but I certainly had to get into a, a few fights. You know, the loud ones and never worry. I... Did a, uh... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, and Tommy, if you were in uh, Breckenridge, Colorado, tomorrow at the top of a slope, could you still uh, hold your own on a ski slope? Oh, absolutely. I could still yeah. toss a few backflips on the way down. I might, I might have to see an ambulance afterwards, but I could still ski for really? an old man. Yeah. Wow. That's amazing. Yeah, for sure. Um, hey, listen, I don't want you to leave, but whenever you need to go, just hop off. Um, Thank you, my friend. This has been an honor, and anytime you call, I would be more than happy. Larry, we're going to try to do this you, on, on the more big regular. Fan. Yeah, big fan, Larry. Really, really uh, enjoyed being here. Thank you, all of you. Pleasure to meet I'm you. Gonna, I will, I promise growing you. like this. I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to connect yeah. you guys. after. I'm going to connect you after the show. We're going to do this more regularly. Tommy, it's uh, an honor, pleasure. Stay sober, my friend. I promise. Really enjoyed it. God bless. Okay. Take care. I got a question for you. Do you ever read the YouTube comments that people leave? I do. I try to, I do honestly try to read as many as I can. Last you know, time Jackie and I were on together, what was that like April or May? Yeah, it was a while there ago. There had to be at least 2,000 comments. I read every one of them. <laughs> people loved us. People thought I was an asshole. People wanted us on. Bring them back every week. So we have. Yeah, a that's because we diss each other constantly. I, I am. I am gonna. I am gonna do this more regularly. I'm gonna definitely talk to you guys. I love this panel we have tonight with Tommy Scoville. Uh, maybe every other week we can do something with the big stories in the news. So uh, probably, and I'm not trying to be an asshole or disrespectful to any of your other guests, but out of all the males that you had on, Jackie and I are old friends, though. From yeah. Okay, so I won't put her in the mix. Good, you better not. I, I'll tell your wife. No, I don't need to hear this <laughs> shit. Um, he's probably the best one that I feel that you've had on that I can relate to. Yeah. Seriously. Yeah, he's like, uh, Tommy seems like salt of the earth. Uh, yeah. Julie Fitzgerald says, super sticker, thank you. Best guests, as you're seeing right now, best coverage, content, and community. I always say best guests, better community. Uh, tell five friends to tune in. Please do that. Rise up, STS Nation. Please do that. Never disappointing. Always on point. Today's a little wild, but I love it. Uh, Jason Smith. Now, these are my people, former criminal and addict, turned my life around at 50. No way. Just had to get out of my own way. Boston, Massachusetts. Way to go, Jason Smith, with the Grateful Dead there as well. Uh, stay that way. And if you need help, I can put you in touch with Larry. I can put you in touch with Jackie. And now I can put you in touch with uh, Captain Tommy Scoville. The email surviving the survivor at gmail.com. The best thing you guys could all do, please share the show with a friend. Uh, that would help a lot. Larry, I asked you that this was not even on my uh, rundown or my agenda, but uh, they're back in the news. I think the Menendez brothers had a court hearing. I have to double check this as recently they as did. yesterday. I, I read up on that. Yeah. Do you think those guys should be released at this point for uh, basically blowing their parents away? Uh, the no. community, true crime seems to be very conflicted. Half say yes, half say no way. What do you say? 
I believe they should be locked up forever. They should carry out, what do they have, a life sentence, I believe? Yeah. Okay, they killed two people. They did it maliciously. It wasn't manslaughter. It was murder. Why let them out? That would be like saying, well, well, look, Charles Manson, yeah, well, he really didn't do the murders. And he may have led people to do it, but he's been locked up a long time. Well, why don't we let Charlie go? Why let him out? Why let child molesters out? When people commit crimes of that nature, they should be locked up forever. Then, well, let's say they did let him out, okay? They let the brothers out, and next year they killed some other people, okay? They're already fucking spun. They've been locked up so long. So who are we going to point the finger at? The parole board? Their lawyers and them? No, these people need to serve their fucking sentences. I mean, that's period, exclamation point. I would be up in arms if they let them out. I did my 10 years at 11 different prisons. Let them do their fucking sentence. That's what I feel about everybody. When I, I'm really like passionate about this, I turn into like an, a raving asshole. Mm. They've got the first step act now, letting people out early. They've got this new 821 amended. They have compassionate release. They have the Second Chance Act. They've increased the good time. Everybody wants to get out early. And I, I respect that. The laws are there on the books. In my day, you had RDAP, the Residential Drug Abuse Program, and that was it. Okay, you did your time. You didn't fucking bitch and moan. And you got out, and that was that. Now these whiny motherfuckers cry about every little thing. And it gets back to what I said before. They say it's not fair. The government ruined my family. They destroyed us. They put me in here. No, you stupid motherfuckers. You committed the crime. You did. You put yourself there, and you got nothing coming. Remember, Jackie, hearing that term inside? You've I got do, but I have a different opinion. I think this is the only thing that we differ on. These kids were 18 and 21. So if a 16-year-old commits murder and they're in a gang and they commit murder and they get tried as an adult for life, you don't think that 16-year-old should ever get out of prison? No, I do not. Did they do it knowing? Okay, the Mendez brothers, they planned this murder. Okay? It's not like it just happened. They did it maliciously. This wasn't like manslaughter. Yeah, that was a different that there's was also different there's also all the sexual abuse, obviously, and it was okay. omit, it was omitted from the second trial, um the majority of it. But okay. um let's say at the time, all right, let's let's like kind of break this thing down. Let's say at that exact time they were being sexually abused at that moment by both their parents, and they killed them. They whacked them. They took them out as a means of self-defense. Yes, self-defense. Yeah. Now maybe you have grounds. That's like the cop that shoots you in the back when you're running away. Okay? Well, what was his grounds for doing it? You were no longer a threat. At the time, as far as I know, that they killed their parents. Their parents weren't an active threat to them, were they? Yes, in their heads, in their mental health state, the 18-year-old parents were an active threat to them. Well, okay, in their head. We just had a cop killed here in L.A., an L.A. County sheriff's deputy, got whacked outside the sheriff's station in Palmdale the other morning. They caught the guy, and the guy's mother said, well, he had mental problems. He had psychological issues. 
she completely sidestepped the fact that this poor cop who had just got engaged four days beforehand was dead, put a bullet in the guy's head. She excused that for the fact he had mental problems. No fucking remorse for the cop's family. And this shit really, really pisses me off because everybody claims, hell, people think I'm fucking nuts. Do I have, Jackie has a master's in psychology. Jackie, do I have issues? Do I have mental issues? Yeah, no. yeah, so do I, though. Okay, do you see me? <laughs> do you see me going out there with a gun and shooting? Not at all. You could people? never. No. Nope. By you the way, Larry, me? is that is that guy going to be uh, welcomed in prison since he shot a cop? That this is what's so screwed. Yeah. You know, I believe that he will. First off, he's going to go over to. Well, he's there now. He's in the L.A. County Jail because they have to put him through the nonsense trial. He assassinated. He assassinated this. It, yeah. They know he's guilty, but he has due process of law. So he's going to be sitting in county, probably the Twin Towers in downtown L.A. for the next year. Then they may give him a death sentence. Okay. Then the automatic appeals are going to kick in. So when he's sitting in the county, he's not going to be in GP. It's not going to be in general population. They're going to have this stupid motherfucker sitting in the shoe. Now, when he finally hits a yard, probably a level three or a level four, then he's really going to interact with inmates. The people, and he's Hispanic, I believe. The, I, I don't remember his name, but I saw his picture. So one of the Hispanic gangs, probably the Nortenios, the Serenios, M.A., somebody will take him in because they know he's cuckoo and he has mental problems and they can send him out on missions in the yard. They'll use him like a fucking throwaway. They'll send him out to go assault other people. He's going to want to fit in, and he's going to do it. It's a it's a horrific story. Uh, police officers are targeted sometimes just because of the, the uniform they wear. His name was Deputy Ryan Klinkenbrumer, eight-year veteran. Like Larry said, uh, he was going to be uh, – I think he was just engaged. Is that Four right? Four days earlier. Yeah, um, I'm just looking for the name of this guy, but uh, I can't. I just captured him, I believe, yesterday. Ryan, yeah, Ryan Clicking. His name is Kevin it. Salazar, 29-year-old Palmdale resident, resident named Kevin Salazar. Uh, he's probably going where he belongs. By the way, hey, Mona says, Captain Tommy, I haven't seen him before. He's like Larry Light, followed by a quiet girl who says, Hey, Joel, Danny Masterson is not an inmate because that is earned. He is a convict. Is that true, Larry? All right. People that go in. No, it's the other way around. Everybody that go. Okay. Officially, if you look in Title 18 of the U.S. Federal Code, we were United States prisoners. We were not inmates. We were not convicts. Your inmate number in the feds is actually a U.S. Marshal ID number. Everybody that goes in, though, really becomes an inmate. The people that are convicts are the people that are hard timing it. So this person has it backwards. Maybe maybe they wrote it wrong. I don't know. I was like straddling the line between being an inmate and a convict. But your regular people that go in, your white-collar offenders, your drug offenders, they're all inmates. Once they've been in there a while, they put some work in, they get into fights, they beat people up, they stab people. They're there for violence. All of a sudden, they take pride in being called, being called a convict. Um, 
Rhonda says Rhonda Savage, by the way. Yeah, Vonda Cranberry, the Larry L show, and Joel's new studio. This girl's happy on a Tuesday. It is Tuesday, right? Jeez, yes, it is. <laughs> um, and it. we are we are gonna do this more regularly, assuming uh Larry and Jackie and Captain Scoville will oblige. Ned Smith, um, Larry, right back to you. I, I have had a question uh for Jackie for an hour that I haven't gotten to. Uh, but Larry, aren't rapists in prison looked down upon by other inmates? Rapist child molesters, kitty porns, and snitches, okay? They have the worst time in custody. And it's like an honor to assault one of them, to kill them, to take these kind of people out. Absolutely. They're the scum of the earth. They're not going to have any friends, and they're going to have a lonely fucking existence. And in my opinion, again, I think that it would be a great honor for the other inmates to kill these motherfuckers on the inside. Uh, hey, Mona says, I've heard Jackie before. Very impressive history. Well-spoken. Great advocate for women, in my opinion. I feel the same way. Future says, I'm doing my very best to avoid prison as I as am I. I'm not built for it. I don't need to go to know that. Uh, Definitely. Yeah, you Absolutely. probably don't need to go. Jackie, yeah. so this is going to open up Pandora's box here. But oh, there's God. a story in the news right now. Um, comedian and actor Russell Brand. Um he was just accused of uh, rape um, by and sexual assault by multiple women. Um, and just today, YouTube announced they're demonetizing him. A lot of people, you know, the community, again, the world is split. Some say he deserves everything he gets, but others are basically saying, where is due process? I'm curious about your thoughts on this being a, a former female uh, inmate um, he has not been proven guilty in a court of law. There are serious, serious allegations against him. Should companies like YouTube be demonetizing, deplatforming him, um, or does he deserve a chance in, uh, you know, in the legal system to be proven either innocent or guilty? And by the way, I think some of these crimes are beyond the statute of limitations. But your thoughts, Jack? Yeah. You know, it's funny because I've been to prison. I've been through the injustice system, but I still believe in justice. I do believe that you are innocent until proven guilty, 100%. I mean, if if we all forget about that, then what's the point of any of it? I mean, in the federal system, no one goes to trial anyway because you're getting double the time. If you go to trial, you're getting a trial tax. And no matter what you did, they're going to throw everything at you. This guy is going to be in the state system, which I think is a little bit more justice or more injustice than, than uh, the legal system. But at least the state, they have to prove his guilt. Where in the feds, nobody, nobody, they don't prove your guilt. So I, I'm so torn on this. And this is a tough subject for me at being a woman because these are allegations. And I, I don't know much about the Russell Brand thing. I do know who he is. Are they older allegations? Are they something? If they're past the statute of limitations, yeah, then I think they they're are. I think they're over ten years old, but they're very serious allegations. Yeah. They've come out before. It was because of a big, um, the BBC and I think Channel Four and some other uh, media outlets, big media outlets in the UK, did an expose, and basically this all came out. Um, and again, he Jody Johnson says canceling people, it's wrong. Um, again, uh, very serious allegations. So it is tough. But Jackie, now 
you've got Twitter, you've got YouTube, you've got all these people with different, you know, social media. So the court of public opinion, like it's like a tidal wave, right, Jackie? Like people. It doesn't matter if he's guilty or innocent. I, I have a kid that I'm working with right now who was pardoned by the state of Connecticut, and he can't get a job anywhere because of Google. Because of, now this this kid was pardoned, yeah. and he can't get a job. So th- this his life is over, no matter what, no matter how you cut it. Public opinion is going to be always ear for sensationalism. And I was just reading a case in your neck of the woods, Yale University. There was a guy who was accused of rape uh, and yeah. went to trial. He was acquitted um, and he was still kicked out of school, I believe, um, yep. out of Yale University. Um, and he's got the proverbial scarlet letter. It's a very tough thing because he's. Yeah, are, I know his attorney very, very well. And do. Um, was, it, was he kicked out of the university? That's yeah, what I think he I was. read. And. Wow. That's a tough thing for me, too, because, I mean, I just went and spoke at a sentencing of the girl who stole $45 million from Yale, and um, she got she got 10 years in prison, and yet um, this guy got found innocent, and they kicked him out anyway. They're too worried about, for an example, with Yale. I'm going to get myself in trouble here. But for an example with Yale, Yale is having a difficult time. The Supreme Justices don't even want to hire Yale law students because a lot of the things that they're doing are against, they're too woke, for an example. Um, To ruin somebody's life when they're not proven guilty, I think is wrong. I mean, I I did my time, right? I went through prison. You can see I, I get very frustrated with this. I went through prison. I did my time. It's 10 years later. Now, 10 years later, I have to be transparent like this because if I'm not, I could never get a job. I could, I have to be self-employed. I have to be transparent. These women, they get hired, they get fired. The kids get hired, they get fired. No matter what, in today's world, because of Google, not even the court of public opinion, Google destroys and they won't take it off. So no matter what, you're, say Russell Brandt didn't do it. Say he didn't. His life is still over. By the way, they're also uh, demonetizing shows like this one that is just talking about the subject. So be interesting to see. I'll let you guys know in a tweet if we do get uh, demonetized because of just talking about it, which is kind of scary. It's me. Kim says, look what happened to Johnny Depp, uh, followed by Yala, who says the whole Russell Brand thing feels like uh, a hit job. this person says, and these are women here, which is interesting. Russell Brand has always been upfront about his life. The powers that be just want him to shut up and think like the rest of the woke folks. So people, again, uh, very split on this. Uh, Larry, let's, uh, as though things haven't derailed enough, um, we one of the questions, Steve Cohen, uh, otherwise affectionately known as Meve Moen, uh, the great producer for this show, um, one of the questions he threw out is, and this is a question everyone always has how frequent is sexual assault in prison uh is it frequent larry depends where you're at minimum security camp where the white collar offenders go it's not going to happen it's a bunch of people that just want to go in do their time they want to get out jackie's shaking her head for some fucking reason they just want to go in do their time and get out you get over to a low security prison, people doing 10 to 20 years, maybe less, depending on their custody and security level. 
it may happen there, but it's people that want to do it. In other words, in the Hispanic culture, that if you let somebody give you a blowjob, you're a dude and another dude's doing you, that's okay. But if you do it, you're the gump, you're the fag, you're the whatever, as they say it, okay? You get it, and never everybody in a low has an outdate, they're going home. You get to a medium security prison where people are doing over 20 years, possibly doing life, same thing like in a penitentiary, a high security. Yeah, it happens there. It certainly does because people have nothing to lose. You don't see as much of that in the feds as you do the state system. Because I like to say in the feds, you've got a better class of criminal. You got a better, yeah, you got a better class of felon, more professional felons. But yes, it does happen. It happens at the higher security institutions. They take these young kids that are 19 years old that fucked up their lives and I don't know. They're really scrawny. They got blonde hair. I'm talking about Jackie now. They no. uh, <laughs> they're um they have dark sunglasses. Yeah. They <laughs> I'll be talking to you about that later. They turn these kids out, is what they do, and they make them somebody's bitch. So the answer to the question is yes. It does happen. Hmm. Scary. Um, real quick, real quick. Can I say just one thing? Yeah, Jackie, hang on one sec, one, one quick second, and I want to go right back to Jackie. But um, got a few minutes left here, so what I want everyone to do: if you've ever had a question that you want to ask of a former inmate, now's the time. I'm at the bottom of the uh, chat here, and uh, I will go rapid fire with your questions. Uh, Jackie, continue with that answer, and I was going to ask you: Does it exist in female prisons, sexual assault? Yes, because what exists in the female prison is the women sleeping with guards. And anytime there is no consensual sex in prison, none. So if a woman even consensually has sex with a guard, it's still unconsensual because there's a power thing going on. So, and it happens all the time. I mean, more than you could even imagine. Remember Jackie at Victorville when that CO got that chick pregnant and she had his baby? He denied that he did it until the baby was born and they did the DNA. Yeah, and look at Coleman. Coleman, they took the warden out in handcuffs and four of the COs out in handcuffs. They all got arrested because they were raping women so badly. I mean, Dublin. Remember Dublin? They called it the rape club? Yeah, Dublin was the worst. I had a woman over at Dublin while this was all going on. And the women finally got together and sued and said, this is it. We're not taking it anymore. And they took them all out. And I I meant Dublin, not Coleman. Um, They took them all out. You know what's interesting? The guy that was the warden at Dublin, I knew him. He was the food service manager at Safford in Arizona when I was there. Same guy. Mm -hmm. And can you imagine, Larry, what happens to this warden who now goes into the very same system that he was in charge of as an inmate convicted of rape? They have a special prison. So I've been told it's either in Massachusetts or Vermont. It's a protective unit. It's not the same as like the cheese factory in Arizona where they send the rats. They call them that because rats, cheese or whatever. These people are high profile, high risk, and they're, they've got to protect them. So they send them to their own yard. 
Yeah. yeah. Uh, by the way, Maureen Walsh uh, weighing in with some news. Another two alleged Russell Brand victims went to the police. So now it's from 2003, not from 2006 to 2012. Many more are coming forward sure. as we speak. So uh, this is an evolving story and uh, interesting. Here's a question that just came in. Uh, Jackie, do people in prisons almost starve if they don't have commissary? They've got to feed yeah. them, right? Yeah, no. There's um, in the cafeteria, it's all carbs. So you're, you're filling up on carbs. It's funny. I was on commissary one time online and one the girl in front of me was getting underwear. They didn't have her size. She was a size five. So the guard said, you know what, honey, buy a seven. Cause in two months you're going to be a seven anyway, because it's all carbs. <laughs> I was sitting there. My eyes were like, Oh God. Mm. Uh, so, this, yeah. This is not a question you guys are going to love because it takes you back down memory lane. But Jackie, uh, Lex Luther wants to know what were both guest charges? What were your charges? Jackie? Mine was mortgage fraud. Mortgage fraud. Larry, uh, we need to take out the uh, CVS receipt, the super long list. <laughs> what were your charges, Larry? Narcotics trafficking, securities fraud, racketeering, obstruction of justice, and machine guns. Mm, machine Did guns. I miss that's, anything? That's scary. I, I got it all. Larry, next time, let's switch it. You say mortgage fraud, and I'll say racketeering. Okay. Okay. By the way, kind of the wait, wait, wait. Here's what I really did. Okay, two crimes. You know what it says on the pillow, the tag, do not remove under penalty of law? I did. <laughs> and then I was in a national park and I jaywalked and I urinated in front of the uh, the park ranger. They gave me 10 years for that. Larry, if I went to prison for mortgage fraud, would I be more likely to get beat up than uh, no, let's say you you're okay. You need to understand federal system. You have a minimum security camp. It's minimum security. It's out custody. You're outside a fence line. Dormitory living, zero to 10 years. Nonviolent offenders, okay? People got a big fucking misconception. Nobody's going to bother you. It's going to be a bunch of business people just like yourself. And out of my 11 prisons, I was in three camps. They moved me around, even though I had different charges, because I worked my way down in custody. If somebody in a camp becomes a problem, boom, they're going to boot their ass up the chain. They're going to end up in a low-security FCI. Dormitory living, they lock the doors at night. In the camp, they don't even lock the doors. Two fences around the place. Regular counts, although camps have them too. Cops driving around the perimeter in trucks with machine guns ready to light your ass up. Zero to 10 years, or zero, excuse me, 10 to 20 years. Then you get over to a medium, okay? You're living in a cell, super high ratio of staff to inmates, people serving life sentences there, people getting raped there. Things, bad things happening in a medium. And cops driving around the perimeter getting ready to kill you. Then you get into a high security. That's like a maximum security penitentiary. Yes, bad things happen there. Penitentiary is derived from the term penance. You're supposed to be repenting for your crimes. So you get hit with mortgage fraud. I don't care if it's five or $10 million. You're going to a minimum security camp. By the time they give you all your crybaby time off, Let's say on five years, by the time you get all your different programs, you're going to be out of there in maybe two and a half years. You're going to make a bunch of new friends because you're going to be living around people 24-7. 
you're going to get out and you're going to move on with your life. And then you're going to appear on a show like this with Jackie and I. Mm, there You're you not going to move on with your life. That's the upside. Uh, Yala says, wow, guards having sex with inmates all the time. Wow, I thought that was only on Orange is a New Black. How often is that, Jackie? And uh, the question I had for you is what did TV shows and movies, this is actually a Meve Moen question, get wrong about prisons. But is it really that often? Are, are the male guards all, always having sex with the female inmates? Yeah, they, they, they really are at a camp level because there's no security at all. They really are. If you take Orange is the New Black the entire season and you put that over a 10-year period in a camp, that's about what you're looking at. But I will tell anybody who's listening, Orange is the New Black, the first two episodes are 100% accurate, mm. without a doubt. They, and, they did a very good job. Wow. Before it became commercialized. Yeah, Larry, what 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 do you think? What is the difference between real life prison and movies and TV shows? What's the glaring difference? Movies and TV shows, they have to condense shit. And as Jackie said, the timing, they got to condense shit into, I don't know, 22 minutes for eight minutes of commercials. Yeah. So all the shit that you see may happen, but it's going to take a long time. I tell my clients that are going into custody. Do not watch Orange is the New Black. Don't watch the Shawshank Redemption. Don't watch Lockup. That's not really representative of what happens in these institutions. Remember, these different, oh, you're a fucking producer. You're doing things, you're creating shows to sell ad space, ad revenue. So they're going to go somewhere where they've got a lot of action going on, where there's a lot of stuff happening in the environment to sell advertisers, to get people to watch. In reality, most prisons are fucking boring. It's like Groundhog Day. You know, it's what you make of it. You got to learn how to adapt. You got to roll Absolutely. with the program. Things are changing on a daily basis, even though it's Groundhog Day. People are getting released every day. New people are coming in every day. Staff members are getting fired. They're getting transferred. They're sleeping with each other. There's just a lot of activity going on in a prison. But if you mind your, again, I've said this, God, thousands of times, literally. You show respect, you get respect. Mind your own shit. Don't get involved in other people's shit. Don't show disrespect. If somebody's got a picture of their wife and they're showing it around, and this chick is like a 350-pound fat chick, don't say, oh, oh, look at that pig. Say, oh, she's very pretty. Yeah, she's very nice. Larry, Don't, you would say that. You would say she's very pretty. She's very nice. You bet. Do not. Well, I'd be thinking something different. <laughs> you don't disrespect people in a prison. And yeah, that's where people have the problem. When they start disrespecting others. There's more respect inside prison than there is you betcha. outside. You know, and as I was discussing with Captain Tommy, at a camp, people are cutting in the food line. People are cutting in the phone line. People are sitting on people's racks. People are, they don't say, excuse me. They're not polite. You pull that same shit, you get behind the mm -hmm. fence in an in-custody situation, somebody's going to beat the shit out of you. They're going to have a blanket party where two or three, four inmates are going to hold you down under a wool blanket so you can't get up. It happens at night. Are they going to do it to you in the shower? And another half dozen inmates are going to beat the shit out of you. Oh, yeah, so, Joel, you wouldn't make it. Yeah, I would. I definitely. You know what I'm thinking this whole time? I actually got stung by a bee in the middle of my back yesterday, and it's killing me right now. Did you cry? And, 
I almost did. I yelled for my wife. Um, then I was afraid I was going to go into anaphylactic shock. Um, I seem to have survived, but it kills. Today it hurts, and uh, it wasn't bothering me. And by the way, this is why I don't think I'd make it in prison, because while you guys are talking about that, I'm worried about my bee sting. Um, I probably couldn't <laughs> bring that up in the middle of the yard. Have um, your wife kiss your boo-boo and make it better. And you'll well, be listen, I lifted fine. my shirt uh, just before the show because it was bothering me, and both my wife and my middle daughter go, Oh my God. So it's like a big welt on my yeah. back and it, it hurts. If you see me, why don't moving. you take a picture of that, put it on a mug and sell that in your merch. I, I should, <laughs> as a matter of fact, by yeah. the way, I'm glad you brought that up today. We hit 66,600 subscribers. So on wow. YouTube, oh. it comes up as six, 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 uh, not okay. a great number. So someone Why please would you subscribe. have us on when it comes up with six, <laughs> six, six, six. I didn't, I didn't, I didn't. I didn't. that I'm friends with Larry. Now I got six, six, six. I, I didn't purpose. So someone's got to get us over that six, six, See, six. I brought on. my axe on today also, just in case. <laughs> Um, oh my god! Let me get the survival kit out. By the way, it's me. Kim says. Uh, by the way, to you, Jackie. After doing the time, did you find it hard when you first came back in society? And we'll start to wrap up momentarily. Yeah, yeah. Because you're your own. You make no choices. You have no choices while you're in prison. So now you come home and you have to start making choices. That's uh, overwhelming. I think for any woman and a lot of the women I work with, they come home. They can't even go to a grocery store because they stand there not being able to choose simple things like cereal. You, you just, you have I no opinion, heard, no choice. Yeah, I once heard a great wise man, Larry Levine, said, uh, I kind of love being in prison because I didn't have to pay the bills. I didn't have to file taxes. Everything. He said he enjoyed it. And I there was a part of me that that would be the one thing about prison that I would sort of like. Plus, it's, uh, I guess, incredibly structured. But, Larry, that always uh, that always stuck with me. Frankie Figs, a friend of the show, do prison guards purposely intimidate prisoners, Larry? I think I know him. If that's Frankie Figueroa, I was locked up with him. No, it's not. It's a woman. It's a woman. Oh, okay. But You know what? Yeah, they go out of their way to try to bust the inmates' balls. They really do. They try to push buttons. Get a reaction out of people. But what I did was give the staff my best fuck you smile all day long. I didn't let anybody get to me. I didn't react. And if you don't react to their bullshit and they can't get over on you, they're going to move on to somebody else. You know, that's just a fact. Fact of being an inmate. You know who the staff, though, hates more than the inmates? Do you have any idea? They Who's that? They hate each other. Mm. They do. You know why? Why? Screwing each other's wives. They're telling Mm. stories behind each other's back. Their biggest thrill in life is to get off the job, go back to the trailer park, smoke a cigarette, drink a beer, and try to screw their neighbor's wife. Mark Twain said that if you want to see the dregs of society, I'm slurring my words, you want to see the dregs of society, go to any prison at shift change time. And you will. And think how long ago Mark Twain was around. So this dysfunction in the prison system has been going on forever. Jackie, make sure you keep tabs on Larry. We can't have him stroking out. I need him <laughs> as a regular on the show now. Um, awakened by the looking glass reflection. This is a great idea for a shirt for the merch oh. shop. I survived the sting. Um, I don't know that I fully survived yet, by the way. I'm going to have to go to... Uh, 
the CVS after this. Uh, copper horse. You can just cut that sting out, okay? Yeah, it's literally, well, the COE says she got the stinger, but okay. I don't know. Um, I'm a doctor. You had, look. Jacqueline's a shrink. We'll call her Dr. Jackie. She's got a master's in psychology of some kind. Social work. Okay. This other guy is a captain. Okay. I'm a doctor. I'm a doctor of crime. I did 10 years. I did home study. I did it on the inside. That, that's my new fucking moniker. Everybody wants to put a name. I'm doctor of crime, Larry Levine. How many people are listening right now? Can you see the analytics? There's like three thousand, but there'll be there'll be there'll be twenty thirty thousand people. Where are the other sixty three thousand people? Where are they? They're not here because you have a green screen and they don't know where you really are. They'll be here. I don't fucking know where I am. Larry, I can't wait to read these comments. Christina Jones says, Joel, you were mostly most likely stung by either a hornet or a wasp. It hurt like hell. Have your wife look for a stinger to pull out and you should start to heal. I cannot wait. Um, can you please tell me Larry's YouTube channel? Thank you. Great show. Look, picking up fans. And that's Allie B from Tennessee. It rhymes. Uh, Larry, what is your YouTube channel? Shit, I think it's justice broadcasting. <laughs> it is, I think. Yeah, yeah. it's justice. I don't. I have a channel. What He's I do? You know, so I'm, many always, of them. I'm always on CNN, Fox, NBC News, Nation, talking shit. Mm. At least on your show, I can say fuck. Fox won't <laughs> let me say fuck. No, you definitely can't. The guys in the control room must be having a heart attack. Well, uh, okay, Kate, when I go on, this now is he has to upload as not kid friendly, Larry, because no, of you. <laughs> When I go on Fox News, now you used to work at Fox News. Isn't yes, that sir. When we first met? Yep. Yep. Or yep. CBS, one of the two. Fox years News. ago, 10, 15 years ago. Yes. When I go on Fox and go on my channel and look at the YouTube video of me and Neil Cavuto during the Bernie Madoff days where I pulled, he asked me something. I pulled out a rubber glove, I slid it down my wrist, and I held it up to the screen and said, you better tell Bernie Madoff he needs to get ready because they're going to go up into him deep, really deep. Mm. Cavuto goes fucking Now ballistic. it's not available for 16-year-olds either. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it goes ballistic. So now when I go on Fox News, okay, I'm in the control room. I do a lot of remotes now, but I still go down to Culver City. You know where it's at. So I'm there, and I got the little goodie in my ear, and – They've got me on camera. I'm talking to the control room in New York or in Washington, depending wherever. And they're like, how are you doing today, Mr. Levine? I'm doing good. Uh, we want to remind you, this is a family network. <laughs> you don't have any surprises for us today, do you? And I go, no, not really. We want to remind you, you can't use profanity on our show or on our network. I go, and so I get really quiet. And I go, well, I guess saying fuck is out of the question then, isn't it? Mm. Oh, God, I need Carm on here. They're all like fucking freaky on me. And then, this is really funny, when I'm doing a segment, segment is usually like seven and a half minutes on one of these networks. I never give them an opportunity. Just like your show, they'll ask me a question. I'm like, I'm like fucking rambling on. I cut the whole, I I used to cut Shepard Smith off. It used to piss him off. That's how I learned to cut you off, Larry. There you go. um, Yeah, I would pause when I was saying something and they're thinking, Oh God, what is he going to say now? And I acted like I was going to say, 
I go, oh, no, not that. And I would move on. And all these stupid cocksuckers had their finger on the button. Just <laughs> oh wondering. God, now it's 18 years old. It just yes. keeps going up and up and up and up. And Seamus Donahue. now. Seamus Donahue says Vegas set the over-under at 234.5 on F-bombs by Larry in the next episode. I say it's uh, way over. But oh, that's fuck, just come me. on. I want to see Carm on here with Larry. Uh, <laughs> yeah, Carm can curse with the best of them. She just won't do it because she wants to keep up that. She has seen image. me on Tucker. I pissed yeah. Tucker off. Jackie yeah. knows me. I spent some time in Connecticut with Jackie and her family a few months yeah. ago. Jackie, did I did I swear a lot when I was no, there? No, not really. When we were in New York, when we were in the city and shit, did I swear or was I just cool? You were cool. See, and you got is, free stuff. I bet I bet you, it's I Larry, I bet you Larry's I bet you Larry's quieter in person, Jackie. Why do you think cool. I wear these glasses? Does anybody have any fucking idea? Because they look cool. Fuck that. I don't need to fucking wear glasses to look cool because it makes me look like an asshole. And then, I'm kidding, people. Listen, this is what the networks want. They want me to look like an asshole because it fucking sells and it gets ratings. Yeah, but you know what? But, All you people listening, go on my podcast and you can see Larry without glasses. That's right. I made that's him take it off. Two or three. She had me take it off. You've heard it live. But see, here's the thing. When you're on and there's more than 3,000 people listening or watching CNN, no disrespect to you. You've got millions of people watching, and they're listening to every word you're there, saying. And there aren't millions. No, little... there aren't millions anymore on CNN. There's well, maybe okay, hundreds so of whatever. But go you on, go on. A lot of news nation now. I'm coming for you, CNN. Deal. By the way, I've known actually for, for years and years. No, I, I just sit here. Thank you. She lives in Connecticut too, not far from you. She does. She loves okay. Mary. I just go like this. I'm. I've got my eyes closed right now. You probably really can't tell. Yes, I we just, could, Larry. That's why all the comments say Larry looks like he's sleeping. <laughs> Are you sure about that? You'll go back and read the comments, well, by the way. Hold on one fucking minute. Jackie, do you have a podcast they're asking? I there do. Criminal Justice Cafe. Criminal Justice Cafe. Criminal Justice Cafe. Criminal Justice Cafe. You better check yeah. it out. And you can um, catch me with no fucking no glasses, glasses on her show. All right. Can you see my eyes with these glasses? No. 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 Okay. No. I close my eyes. I got the little fucking earpiece in. I can't see anything around me. And I just talk. I stopped smoking weed October 15th of last year. I've been smoking God, for that was years. Horrible. I had a problem. I was going on air and I was so high and I was burned out. I forgot what I was going to say. I did. I had all kinds of good sarcastic shit to answer these Network are you high, Larry? Are you high right now? I am not to okay. answer these network correspondent assholes. So I stopped smoking pot cold. But what I would do when I couldn't think, I would listen to what they had to say. I had my dark glasses on. Nobody's ever fucking heard this before. So you guys are hearing this first. I think I told Jackie this though. I would I would listen to what they had to say. I would shake my head and I go, "Well, yeah, that's important." But this is what's really important. And I would pivot to something that I was fucking remembering that was relevant. I would talk with my, I'd shake my head, talk with my hands. I'd have all the talking heads shaking their heads and agreeing with what I was saying. And six and a half minutes later, the fucking segment was over. So 
I took control of their show, just like I do on your show, sort of. <laughs> yeah, I you do. Them. By the way, the society page says best effing guest. That should be a shirt in the merch store. Right here. You, you get know on what? It. Get a picture and of me shout out. By the way, shout out no, to Larry, Allie B. B from Tennessee. I've got one of those, too. She's got a press pass. New okay. YouTube member. Guys, um, it's nothing personal, but I got to uh, I got to wrap this Allie bad boy B. up. from Tennessee. Allie, Thank call you. me. 213 Before we go. 213 I'll God, Larry, I got to go do my parents' pills. <laughs> Hold on a sec. Before we go, I've done that. Tommy Scoville, shout out to you. He was raised in an upper-middle-class family in Vermont and New Hampshire. He skied professionally. He retired. He became a public speaker. He made a lot of money. Then... Uh, he got off the pain meds and ended up robbing a bank, selling guns, ended up in prison. Uh, but he's turned his life around. He's got a YouTube channel called Lifeboat, The Lifeboat. He is Captain Tommy Scoville. It was great to meet him. Uh, hey, Mona says, this is funny. Joel is starting his Jewish goodbye or Latin goodbye. Yes, I am. I love it. There we go. Uh, Jackie Pulverary, uh, the name of the... Uh, podcast one more time this is probably criminal her. justice cafe criminal justice cafe she's got a company called evolution re-entry services she's an all-around awesome guy larry's now on the phone to show us how cool he is, he is. um no no it's one of your fucking viewers i shouted my number out <laughs> she goes it's really you yes it's really me You're what do you mean he shouted his number out? everybody can hear you Sit. You don't want to be at say hello to America. I can't with him. Joel, I have to go. I can't Jackie, with him. Continue the Jewish goodbye. Thank you so much. We're going to do it again. Larry Levine is the CEO of uh, Wall Street Prison Consultants. All around great guy. This, I don't even know what that super sticker is. Uh, Ketchup says, best guest. I warned you ahead of time this show was going to be insane. I'm going to talk to all these people. We're going to try to do this maybe every other week as much as my uh, stress level can take. <laughs> Until then, I'm going to go work on my uh, wasp sting, my bee bite, whatever it's called. Love you, America. Love you, Connecticut. Love you, California. Love you, Tucson, Arizona. Everywhere near and far in between. Final seconds of the game. A chance to score and the chance has gone begging. If your business's commerce platform keeps missing the target on golden opportunities, Get the MVP you deserve. Get Shopify. <laughs> Shopify is the commerce platform revolutionizing millions of businesses worldwide. Whether you're a garage entrepreneur or IPO ready, Shopify is the only tool that you need to start, run, and grow your business without the struggle. Shopify puts you in control of every sales channel. So whether you're selling signed football boots from Shopify's in-person POS system or you're vending vintage shirts on Shopify's all-in-one e-commerce platform, you are covered. And once you've reached your audience, Shopify has the internet's best converting checkout to help you turn them from browsers to buyers. What I love about Shopify is how, no matter how big you want to grow, Shopify gives you everything you need to take control and take your business to the next level. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the US. And Shopify is truly a global force, powering Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across over 170 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning help is there to support your success every step of the way. This is Possibility, powered by Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com ranks, all lowercase. 
Go to shopify.com forward slash ranks to take your business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash ranks.